You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. I'd like to speak a little bit this morning um, about anointing oil this morning. I'd like to talk about the oil of anointing. I've got, you see, I can't remember too many messages being preached on this. I've certainly never preached on it myself. So um, it was when we, when Graham stood up last week, we were talking about prayer and talking about ministering to one another, etc. This very much came to my heart and to my mind that part and parcel of ministering to one another is surely about anointing <coughs> with oil. And it's a very biblical practice. So. It's the first time I've ever spoken, so I'm a wee bit nervous. So, uh, <laughs> Derek does not believe that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to use that heading there from um, 2 Kings 4, 1-7. I'm not going to speak on this this morning, but I like the theme. What have you got in the house? And the widow said, just a little oil. Actually, I've got some oil on me this morning. When we were in Israel, Em and I went round these little like, gift shops, etc. And um, I saw this and I thought, hey, I was intrigued by this anointing oil. So I thought, I'm going to buy that. I think that would be really useful. So I've got anointing oil with me. We've got some in the house somewhere, but I've brought some with me this morning. So I'll just put that there for a moment. How do I know it's anointing oil? Because it says on it, anointing oil. <laughs> You know, I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. And yeah. I walk with the Lord, you know, it doesn't matter how long we run the road, we still need help. And you know, sometimes it's lovely to minister to one another on the road, because we can't do it on our own, friends. We need one another. Yeah. And this is what part of the wonder of, of meeting together on a Sunday morning like this. You know, we've been separated all week, haven't we? We've been doing our thing, our work, our chores, our shopping. All our responsibilities, our family responsibilities, it's all been there and we've been dutifully obeying all of these things. But you know, it's wonderful together when we come together. You know, Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that splashes on the head, on Aaron's head, down the collar of his robes. And it says there, For there the Lord commands his blessing even life forevermore. Do you know you're in the place of commanded blessing this morning? Where the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon us as a people gathered together. So it's so encouraging to see this prayer ministry developing amongst us um, as we go on together. The The verse I'd like to take as we consider the practice of the anointing with oil is also taken from the book of James. Now we've been studying the book of James, we've got the chapter 2, so big apologies to Pastor Tom for skipping a few chapters in front, but it's my text this morning, so I'm sure you'll forgive me. I'll read a few verses around verse 14. It says here in James 5, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Well, we've been doing that this morning. Is any one of you sick? He should call on the elders of the church to pray over him 
and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. I was so encouraged to hear my father prophesying this morning about God's healing ban. Yeah. He didn't know I was speaking with this this morning. I was going to tell him in the car and all, and I thought, no, I'm going to tell him, I'm not saying I'm glad he didn't, because the Lord spoke yeah. about his healing and anointing ban. I thought that was precious. It was precious for me this morning. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's, it's biblical to pray for each other, friends. You know that. Sometimes I have to remind myself of this from time to time. One of the earliest mentions of anointing with oil is found in Genesis 28. It involves Jacob the grabber. Remember good old Jacob? He wanted to grab his brother's birthright. He lived up to his name, which means just that. His name means he grasps by the heel. He grasps by the heel. Later on we find Jacob grabbing God in Genesis 32, 26. And he says these words, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. There's something good about that, isn't there? There's was it Archie McPherson used to say, that was tenacious play. <laughs> I, I, I used to think, what does that word mean? That's too big a word for me. Tenacious play. There's a determination, you know. And God honours that in us as believers when we say, God, I'm serious about this. I want to find you. I want to grasp hold of you. And guess what, Lord? I'm no letting go. And even at times, sometimes we kind of fulfil that what we're saying. I'm going to hold on to God and I'm not going to let go. Ultimately, of course, God laid hold of Jacob. I've written here, the grabber was grabbed by God. Isn't that wonderful? How the story ends. I'm going to get hold of you, God, and I'm going to use all my strength. And God says, I don't need your strength. In fact, I've got bother in my hips, but God gave him a problem with his hips. And from then on, Jacob walked with a limp. But you know, every time somebody saw Jacob, they says, that's the guy that grappled with God. And God got a hold of his life. There was a mark on the man from then on after. He walked with a limp. I wonder if there's a mark on us and folks here that say, that's somebody that walks with God. I think it's lovely to be in a place where we've We've made a determination, yes, we've done as much as we can, but there comes a point when we, our own strength isn't enough. And God comes and he takes hold of your life and mine. I think yeah, that's really. precious this morning. If we learn nothing else this morning, let's, what is it? The resurrected Lord is resurrecting me. The risen Christ has come and he's laid hold upon me. And old chorus we used to sing, sorry Tom, so glad he laid his hand on me. Once I was blind, but now I see because Jesus laid his hand. The grabber was grabbed by God. Jacob had a dream at Bethel. He used a stone as a pillow, not quite like a hard pillow, but I can't imagine using a stone. And God showed him a ladder reaching up to heaven. See, Jacob had his eye on an inheritance, but God says, Jacob, I've got something better for you. I want to show you a ladder. And God comes to us and he says, Folks, 
I want to show you a ladder. There's a lot more for you to see. And, and he sees angelic activity. Sometimes in the spirit, God will show us things that are a little bit peculiar and perhaps a little bit <laughs> odd. But in his dream, he saw this ladder and he could see angels ascending and descending up and down this ladder. But the overriding thing was he saw God as overall. God was overall. In verse 18 of that chapter, Jacob took the stone used as his pillow and it says he poured oil on top of it. And then we see an early mention of this principle of anointing with oil. It is said that the ritual act of anointing can be described above by acts of sprinkling, dowsing, smearing aromatic oil, often over a person's head or entire body. Anoint or anointing appears more than 300 times in the Bible and 22 times in the New Testament. So the answer to the question, is anointing with oil biblical? Is yes. Yes, it is. A Greek word for anointing is creo, C-H-R-I-O, meaning to pour oil on someone. Another word is aliepho, to anoint someone with holy oil into uncommon blessings of God. So, God's word encourages us and teaches us about this principle of anointing. God's anointing power <coughs> serves or served three purposes. I've got three headings tonight. Margaret MacDonald will be proud of me <laughs> with my three headings. First of all, as a means of health and comfort. Did you hear that prophecy this morning? As a means of health and comfort. My, we need, we need God's touch upon our lives. <coughs> Anointing oil was used in conjunction with bathing as well. It would be effective in closing the pores. It would be good at countering the activity of the sun and reducing sweating. Therefore, it was good as sun cream. Now, when I was in Israel, it was 32 degrees C. I don't know what temperature it was when you were there. Was it just as hot as that? 32 degrees C. And I went to the Jordan, it was even, what was it, Ev? 37. 37, oh, it was too hot for me. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Biblical times, what did they use to save them getting scorched by the sun? Anointing oil. Olive oil would be used to close up the pores and prevent sweating. Another New Testament example was where the Bible describes anointing oil very often was poured into wounds in order to bring about the process or accelerate the process of healing. Familiar passage was Luke 10, 30. A man on the Jericho road was robbed, beaten, and left half dead. And then the Samaritan, he came to him, bandaged his wounds, and poured in oil and wine. Jesus sending his disciples in Mark 6, 12 says, They went out and preached that the people should repent. Verse 13, They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So we see again the biblical practice of anointing with oil. Specifically there for healing. Psalm 23, a very familiar passage you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. 
I've said this before, but you know what elders like are like? They just go on and on and say things they've said many times before. But it was common practice for the shepherd to anoint the heads of the sheep with oil. That this would heal the wounds and prevent them from butting each other. Now, I know when I look around this congregation this morning, there's not many people that would butt one another. <laughs> not in church, anyway. We're not from Glasgow. <laughs> well, they call it a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> I'm sure we would never butt one another in anger. But the, the shepherd would often anoint the heads of the sheep because if they had a wee fallout then, and they tried to butt one another, it would make sure that they skidded off each other and there was no risk of serious damage. You see that principle, don't you? How do we need, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to stop that jarring, that chafing, that argument, that yeah. tension, that friction, you know, the oil of the Holy Spirit comes to enable us to work with each other and deflects all the nonsense and the stuff that our humanity would certainly bring to the table. Healed wounds, preventing them butting each other and stop harmful pests getting into their eyes and ears. My goodness, the enemy of our soul can have some harmful pests that will get into the eye gate and the ear gate, ear, yes. ear gate these days. How much we need the help of the Holy Spirit yeah. to protect us from what our eyes are catching and from what the, our ears are hearing. Yeah. How much we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's good, yeah. That's good. God, so God's anointing power is a means of health and comfort. Secondly, as a token of honour and hospitality. It is said some thousands of years ago that the Persians would honour their guests with a rose extract or a golab. The method would be this. The guests held their palms out and the perfumed liquid would be poured into their palms. This would then be spread over their faces. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the equivalent of half a nice day was, was expressed over them. So the Americans weren't the first to tell us to have a nice day. Ron, I'm sorry. I don't know the, the Persians were there before you. This should be declared over the guests. Isn't it lovely when we have those who will greet us as we come into the, the fellowship on a Sunday morning. It's lovely to be greeted by a well-kent face and to be told you're welcome. Mm. Let's see what God's going to do amongst us this morning. Mary at Bethany in Mark 14, 3, it says a woman came with an alabaster box of very expensive perfume made of nard. She broke the jar and poured it on Jesus' head. Some objected. Why this waste of perfume? But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Mm. Oh, and I think that's mentioned in three of the four Gospels, isn't it? That, part, that particular part, that incident, it's done as a memorial to this act that this wantless woman did on behalf of Jesus. God's anointing power is a means of health and comfort, as a token of honour and hospitality. We want to honour one another, don't we? We are so yeah. appreciative yeah, of what... No wonder we say on a Sunday morning, you're welcome here. Yeah. Because that's true. 
Yeah. We want to welcome one another in the name of our Lord Amen. Jesus Christ. And then finally, as a symbol of consecration or setting apart to an office or ministry. In Exodus 30, verses 30 to 32, the instruction was given to Moses to anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so that they may serve me as priests. Say to the Israelites, this is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. They used that for setting apart also prophets and kings. They would also be known as the anointed of the Lord. How many times have you read that in scripture? In fact, if you recall that King David's problem when Saul was trying to spear him and chase him all over the place, and Saul's head was all over the place, and he was trying to kill David, and there was instances when David had him in his hand. But he would say to his generals, don't touch him. Yeah. We cannot touch the Lord's anointed. Even when Saul was in such a place of rebellion, David considered him still to be the Lord's anointed. There comes a point when God will set you apart to a ministry. And usually, we used to say this in the old days, didn't we, Derek? A gift will make room for itself. Yeah. You know, in the, the growing assembly, you will see things happening and, and ministries will start to develop. And the pastor doesn't need to go around with a big stick and beat, beat people up and say, you should really be praying more, you should really be doing this more, you should be doing that. Because the gift will manifest itself. Yeah, a prophet will be a prophet, and you'll hear that very shortly. Someone with the gift of the ministry of the gift of healing, you'll see that. And this is so important, why we should pray for each other. How are we ever going to find out? Scripture says, do the work of an evangelist. And we would say, well, I'm the evangelist. I'm not very clever. I'm no Eddie. Eddie's not here this morning, so we can say that. <laughs> Eddie seems to have, whenever he opens his mouth, he's able to share the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if we don't do the work of an evangelist, how are we ever going to find out if we're an evangelist? Mm. And so as we exercise and pray for each other, then we will suddenly begin to discover there are folk here that we didn't even realize have got gifts in the areas of uh, healing and uh, miraculous signs amongst us. The gift of discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, um, it's various, I'm, I'm not speaking of that this morning, so I'm a bit rusty. But you know what I mean, as we begin to be exercised in the things of God and praying for one another, then you'll start to see these miraculous things arising amongst us. English monarchs used anointing oil for coronation ceremonies. Previously used in Pentecostal circles for the healing of the sick and the consecrations of pastors and elders, etc., etc. It's interesting to note that Christ is derived from the Hebrew, meaning Messiah, and means covered in oil. Isn't that lovely? You know your Lord Jesus Christ this morning is covered in oil. He is anointed with oil this morning. That's his name. It can't help but be his name. He's anointed. He's covered in oil this morning. So when he comes near you and he touches you, he's touching you with the oil of the anointing that is all over him. He used to sing an old, an old chorus, he touched me 
He touched me. And oh, the joy that fills my soul. Something happened. Now I know. He touched me and made me heal. Why? Because he's the anointed Christ. He is covered in oil this morning. He, is, he just needs to come to you and touch you this morning. And the oil of his anointing will flow all over you this morning. The writer to the Hebrews talks of Christ, this anointed one. He says, he has been appointed heir of all things, superior to the angels. And, and it says, but about the Son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions. By anointing you with the oil of joy. Mm. I think all the other verses is gladness. <laughs> Jesus is anointed with the oil yeah. of joy. You say, well, how? why does God want me to live clean? Why does God want me to live right? Because he wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. If it was good enough for the Lord Jesus, surely it's good enough Amen. for me. If the writer says about Christ, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore, as a result of that, he has been anointed with the oil of gladness. So my motivation for living right surely must be that I may be anointed with the same oil as my Saviour, as my Christ who is covered in oil. I want to know more and more of the same anointing. I'm coming to a close here this morning. God is fiercely protected of his anointed ones. God is fiercely protected, protective of his anointed ones. In Psalm 105, verse 12, from onwards there, it says, When they were few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, this is talking of the children of Israel, they wandered from nation to nation, from kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. He said, do not touch my anointed ones. Did you know that? God is fiercely, fiercely protected of the anointing that is on your life this morning. Do not touch my anointed ones. Whatever is seeking to invade your life this morning, God is fiercely protective of your experience and of your life. This is in my scripture readings in the last few days, and it actually kind of tripped over it. You know when you read a passage, well, I've never seen that before. And I was going through Revelation chapter 6. You know, if you're like me and you do a planned reading thing, you know, some books you would probably think, oh, dearie me, that's a bit heavy stuff. But I was reading Revelation chapter 6, and it's about the seven seals. And the triumphant lamb, it says, began to open the seven seals. And we come to, in chapter 6, the third seal, and it's described as a black horse. Its rider was holding a set of scales in his hand. And the words, a quarter of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And this would seem to have signified that hard times were a coming, times of famine and hardship. At the end of verse 6, we read these words. This is the risen Christ that's saying this. And do not damage 
the oil and the wine. Wow! <coughs> For all the judgment and all the seals that are being opened and all the horrible things that this world is going to see, the Lord Jesus is fiercely protective of the anointing that he has put. And he says this, do not damage. So he's saying to the angel that's going, that going to cause havoc with famine, etc. Don't you dare damage that oil and the wine. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that a comfort this morning? That despite the things that perhaps are coming upon the face of this world, God is fiercely protective of the anointing on his people. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Just pause there for a minute. In James 5.14 we find the question, is any of you sick? You see, that's fine, you talking about all that big heavy stuff. But what about me? And God comes to us this morning and he says, is any of you sick this morning? I was glad when I heard that prophetic word this morning. And sometimes we can come into our church and we seem to be the same. And you know, the devil, when we're talking about the shepherd anointing the ears of the sheep, and sometimes the old devil will say, maybe he cares about you in here. Yeah. yeah. And we need a breakthrough. Yeah, that's right. We need God to come in our lives. Yeah. And sometimes, you'll find out from the Greek word here, it doesn't necessarily mean physical sickness here in this yeah. passage. Within the context, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that. The Greek word for this is asteo, and it's translated 18 times in the New Testament. It's also translated 14 times as emotional or spiritual weakness. God, I've got a problem. And we hide it from each other, and we seem to be successful in shaking the pastor's hand and trying not to let him see that inwardly we're really struggling. So this is what this word means here. It's weakness produced by the sufferings of life. Is any of you weak this morning? Is any of you suffering under the pressure of life this morning? That's what that word means. It fits in well, certainly, with the harmony of the verses above. The same word is used in 2 Corinthians 12.10 when Paul could say, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. He was no stranger to all of the things that you and I experience each day of our lives. He says, for when I am weak, it's the same word, when I am in this situation, then I am strong. Yeah, yeah. It would be a great conversation to have with an apostle Paul once for me. How did you cope? How did you manage? James says he should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. He should call. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to take this oil and just come round. Leslie, it wouldn't be appropriate 
you've got a responsibility as much as me this morning. It's up to the people to call for the elders to anoint. I can't do that. It's not my responsibility. So this morning I'm going to say it's your responsibility to call for the leaders to anoint you with oil this morning. I brought the oil here this morning and, you know, perhaps at the end of the service, if some would like to have prayer. I've never done it before, I tell you. I've never done this before. It's a new experience for me. But you are willing to be made willing to move in God. If this is what God wants us to do. Graham, I don't know if you're experienced in this area. Yeah, no, I would say um, if anyone would like prayer at the end of the service or anointing with oil um, in the name of God, then um, uh, please come to the front yeah. and uh, we'll be happy to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to administer to you. Mm -hmm. So it's your responsibility to call for the elders to anoint yeah. and pray. <laughs> the word the Greek is paskilio, which means to call alongside. It's a bit softer than Jacob, the grabber. So there's a gentleness in the whole process when we come alongside and seek God and his word. Of course our responsibility is to pray and to anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. That's my responsibility this morning as an elder. And it says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person whole. And notice this, it's the Lord that raises them up. There's nothing in the oil that's special. There's no magic formula here. It's God who raises up. Why does he do it? As I said at the start, we need all the help we can get in our walk with the Lord. God's anointing power is here as a means of health and comfort. Emotional and spiritual help for our weaknesses, for our emotional problems. God's anointing power is here as a token of honour and hospitality. He wants to bestow upon us. Scripture says, he gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of the Lord, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He wants to honour you this morning. Perhaps you're feeling a bit leaden-footed this morning. Perhaps you've lost the spring in your step. Well, God wants to give you the oil of gladness. Amen. He wants to anoint you like your Saviour, Jesus. He is full of the oil this morning. Christ yes. is full Amen. of the anointing. One touch from him, friends, and your life will be completely yes. transformed. He is full of oil this morning. As a symbol, lastly, of consecration. Perhaps there's something in you, your ministry has, you feel your ministry has gone down a little bit. Scripture talks about, you know, a bruised reed will he not break. A smoking flax he will not quench. Yeah. Are you a bit bruised this morning? Do you feel as though my ministry is dead? I've got nothing to give. I'm nothing. It's all gone. <laughs> well, God says, I want to come to you this morning. I want to anoint you afresh this morning. I want to consecrate you. Perhaps God has got a new ministry for you this morning. And as we pray for you and anoint you with oil this morning, yeah. he will consecrate you. Perhaps restore to you the things that have been lost. But more than that, and surprisingly, 
bring you into a new dimension yes. of ministry under God. May God bless these few thoughts to us this morning. I want to say this now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to his power and is at work within us. To him be the glory and in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever.